Welcome in to the very first episode of the IronStream podcast. I'm here with IronStream CEO, John Herring. We are talking today about Randy Hipple's new book, The Restored Man. If you are at all into developing your relationship with Jesus as a man, developing a better relationship with your wife, with your kids, this is a terrific book to look into. If you're looking to lead a group of guys through a small group, also a terrific book. And John, you've known Randy for a long time. Just kind of give me a, a background of y'all's relationship. Yeah, before we do, since yeah. this is our number one podcast yeah. here, I think we need to introduce you as well. So oh, Will yeah. Will Shingleton is here to lead us, and uh, he'll be the podcast director for us as we go through. But, uh, yeah, we're excited. This is our first one out of the shoot, and we hope folks enjoy the uh, the whole thought of Ironstream and uh, how uh, we're going to be rolling out new authors on this podcast mm-hmm. quite regularly. And uh, this first one, is a great one to start with. Randy Hemphill and his book, uh, The Restored Man, Becoming a Man of God. Uh, it just uh, was released this past weekend, uh, and now it's available in, you know, everywhere books are sold, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, of course, Amazon. Uh, my preferred site is the New Hope Publishers site, newhopepublishers.com, and you can get it there. But uh, yeah, Randy and I have known each other for over 20 years, we served together uh, at the church at Brook Hills here in Birmingham, and uh, we're on staff together. And uh, Randy uh, uh, shares a little bit about his uh, life journey where uh, God really brought him down. He got to uh, to a really low point, and then God has restored him back. And now he's sharing that wisdom with the rest of us through his new book. So this is going to be an awesome podcast. I'm looking forward to what Randy has to say and uh, uh, how uh, I know there are men and, uh, uh, you know, husbands, sons, wives who need their husbands and sons to uh, uh, get a copy of the book and learn from Randy uh, through The Restored Man. Uh, Randy is a counselor here in uh, the Birmingham area, and he works with couples and with individuals, helping them kind of go through some of their story and taking their story from uh, where they are now to where God wants them to be ultimately. So uh, I'm excited about the cast today. Yep. Randy is a super interesting guy. He describes himself as a country boy, and he, he is correct, but he is a really, really smart, really engaging country boy and i i was i've loved the book the book is terrific he's just a very very deep guy not uncomfortable with getting into difficult conversations difficult topics for people to digest but also loves the outdoors loves adventures loves cars you'll find that as you read the book uh, recently hiked mount kilimanjaro loves to tell people about how he hiked kilimanjaro but uh, we'll get into all those things and more in our first episode of the Iron Stream Podcast with Randy Hemphill. And I feel like this is a pretty um, relevant topic to go into just right now societally, especially in the Christian like sphere, especially. Um, yeah. So what was the thought process behind like actually coming up? Like I want to write, not just you know, get to the finish of your restored man, but I want to write a book about restoring biblical manhood. Mm. 
Yeah, which even, I mean, even saying biblical manhood, that kind of conjures up a lot of images. Um, you know, I think it was just taking in a lot of years of being, you know, I'm just a re- recovering religious dude. I tried um, all of that kind of stuff and found that it just didn't work. And so a lot of years of digging into this myself, walking with and counseling guys and, and basically saying, you know, what is it that works? Um not just what's going to be the religious assembly line, but what is going to work to help a man get his heart back. Because I, I think when God created a man, uh, he created something very unique, uh, different from a woman. And some of those core desires and the heart that he gave us as men. And so taking all those years in and saying, hey, let's try and put this into a form the guys can use. Not just read a book, but what's a process look like for a man to... Um, really get his heart back and come alive to God. And so uh, that's that's when John and I began to talk about a year or so ago. And here we are today. And I'm fired up about this. See what God's going to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just very quickly, kind of give people a, a little bit of sense of your background mm-hmm. before you got into the, the book writing business. Sure. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty broken, jacked up dude. Yeah, I've, I've got plenty of scars in my life and story. But, you know, I did grow up in the church, have a deep love for the church. My dad uh, pastored Baptist churches growing up. Uh, We lived in probably, well, about five or six states growing up. So uh, I kind of got accustomed to meeting new people and going to new new cities, churches we would be in. But I I developed, I guess, growing up this kind of faulty image of God. I kind of call it God with a big stick. And it was this whole thing that God wanted to get you in line, change your behaviors, you know, get you to behave. And that wasn't all bad. I mean, God used that to, uh, you know, bring me to salvation, bring me into his family. But it also gave me a bit of a distorted image of God. And I think it was later in my adult years in some very difficult marriage stuff that Melody and I went through that God really collapsed that whole system, um, that, that sort of scaffolding, I like to say, that I was building up. I mean, God collapsed that through a deep season of hurt and brokenness and began to, to restore my heart, give me a healthy image of him as father. And I think the last 15 years has been trying to learn that, and I'm still learning it, still being restored. Uh, but yeah, that very religious upbringing, there was some good in it. But at the same time, uh, there were some toxic elements to it that I needed some restoration from. Gotcha. Yeah, and you kind of like in the structure of the book itself, you broke man down into a lot of the roles that he will experience and be stepping into throughout his life. And Mm -hmm. the the biggest two ones that I identified reading it were husband and then father. Mm -hmm. So you talk a lot about fatherhood and sonhood but um like one thing that stuck out to me i just i'd never heard it phrased quite like this before it was and i literally i went back and underlined it in the book it's unfinished fathering it was a, mm-hmm. a phrase that you used mm-hmm. what does that mean and yeah. to you and why do you think that's had such a big impact on manhood at this point yeah and and let me say well i'm glad that you've been reading the book man i hope you're enjoying it and um 
glad you're underlining some stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still a bit old school. I'm glad we got the book in audio and digital formats. I'm still an old school, you know, underlining my books. But uh, th- this whole fathering thing is important to me. I think in a man's journey, the most important human relationship we have is that of our relationship with our dads. You know, it, it's almost like it, it affects us. Our view of God, how we view masculinity is very much shaped by earthly dads. And so I think that's intentional because the gospel is us being restored to the father. And so our human fathers are supposed to kind of pave that way. Uh, but last I checked, I've got four kiddos myself and we're all imperfect. Uh, not a single one of us has it together. And so there is, in every man's journey, some brokenness there with our earthly dads. You know, even if you've got, and I've got a really good dad. He's one of my heroes, but he's imperfect. And so out of the brokenness of that, it just shapes us as men more than we realize. And that first phase of restoration is called No God is Father. You've been kind of reading that. And in that chapter and in that phase, you know, we really dig into a man's relationship with his dad. You know, how did your dad handle grief? How did he handle his anger? Yeah. How did he walk with God? I mean, as a young son, those things affect us. And ultimately, a man has to go there first, I think, in order to then kind of get a healthy image of God. Mm-hmm. But he's got to first experience and dive into the brokenness yeah. of our relationship with our dads. It's an important relationship in every man's life. Yeah, yeah. And just for people that haven't read the book yet, uh, there's there's dozens of questions that follow up all the stories, all of the biblical background on the topics themselves. How did you come up with like all of the questions that were going to go along with those ideas? Well, you know, I can assure you, I, I've asked those questions myself first. And, you know, the interesting thing right now, I'm, I'm working with some guys on Wednesday nights through the book and I've got a copy and I'm answering the questions for me. Because there's always more. I mean, there's more to dig into in that relationship. But those questions came out of a lot of years of, of me diving into my story, uh, counseling and walking with guys and just saying these are important questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, the cool thing, that first one being what are the first three to five words that come mm-hmm. to mind to describe your dad? Those are always telling to me. You know, what, what are, you know, don't overthink it, but what are those first words you would use to describe your dad? Most of the time, those are the same words a guy would use to describe God. And that's just so telling to me. And it just shows the importance of our fathers. Yeah. And so we've got to break down that relationship and realize that some of us have direct father wounds. You know, the ones you kind of put a finger on. Dad was an alcoholic. Dad abandoned the family. Dad was abusive. And then there are guys like me, our our stories are more indirect father wounds. Uh, Maybe dad was there, but not there. Maybe he was, as a guy recently told me um, over coffee, he said, my dad was like a piece of furniture. He was there, but emotionally absent. And and no matter what your story is, digging into that relationship with your dad is, it's an important part of the restoration journey. Yeah. Yeah. And you use that word. Emotion, that's another big topic that you cover in the book. And not just mm. people, we tend to dismiss that as men a lot of times. Um, but you, you talk about how emotional maturity and spiritual maturity are very much linked. And there is, it's very hard to separate those two things. So what does that mean for you? Like, how does a man maturely 
like address his emotions and like play that forward into his role as a father and as a husband. Yeah. I mean, that's, and boy, we're, you know, in this podcast, we're, we're jumping in the deep end of the pool, aren't we? You know, but that's the nature of how I like to do life. You know, I mean, let, let's jump into what really matters. And, you know, the, our, our lives as men, God created us spiritually and emotionally. And unfortunately in the church, as much as we have placed behaviors over the heart, um, and I think we've kind of made points more important than a process, mm-hmm. We've also kind of made spiritual matters more important than emotional. Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunate because God gave us our emotions for a reason. You know, you take a man's anger, which I believe is probably the most important emotion God gave us as men. And anger is not good or bad. It's what we do with it. You know, I like to say anger is kind of like a hammer. Uh, you, You can build a house or you can destroy things with it. And a man's anger is like that. And so not just quote growing spiritually, but I want to see us as men grow emotionally, uh, how we use our anger, how we grieve, how we do relationships. Um, This is a cool, quick story. This happened Wednesday night in this group I'm leading. Uh, We were talking about the father stuff and this guy, uh, 40 something years old. He said, Randy, I'm just realizing tonight. He said, I've been a, a believer for years, been in the church. But he said, tonight, I'm realizing my dad was kind of emotionally disconnected. And he said, I struggle to emotionally connect to my wife. And he said, I am for the first time putting all that together. And I was like, wow, that's, I mean, that's why we wrote this book, Mm -hmm. is to give guys those aha moments where they connect dots and realize it's not just about you getting in line, changing a few behaviors. Mm -hmm. This is about a whole lot more than that, that Jesus yeah. came to bring us a life that he came to bring us. Yeah. yeah. And this, this is yeah. fun stuff to talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is real stuff. Yeah. And kind of along those same lines, like one of my favorite images, I think in the book, and it, I related to it a lot because I'm, I'm a younger guy, but I think this is also a little younger than John and I, uh, uh, we have some miles on, <laughs> <laughs> but you John know, particularly, right? Yeah, not me. Especially I'm just yeah. middle-aged. Mm-hmm. I want to like just to describe it for people that either haven't read the book or will read the book. You outside the soccer fields at Campbell University, home of the fighting camels with your future <laughs> wife talking about yes. your future relationship. Um, and can we just say, well, yeah. by the way, Campbell University, home of the fighting camels. Yeah. Um, it, it was a great mascot. Hey, the other night on a sports center, <clears throat> They top 10, they were the number one. They were, dude made a three yeah. pointer, and I was like, Hey, go Campbell, yeah. go Campbell's. <laughs> well, yeah. What a mascot! Mm-hmm. What would you tell that guy at that point? Like, having all of your experience up to where you are now, if you could whisper mm-hmm. in his ear a little bit about the journey he was about to go on, what would you say? Wow. You know, it's that I love that whole question about, you know, what would you tell your 20 year old self? Mm-hmm. Or, and there is so much, I think we could write a book on that. But I guess the main thing I would say, because I think when I was in my 20s, uh, you know, I, I saw the world before me and I thought I could conquer it all. And I think I was kind of bent on building my little kingdom. You know, earlier we're talking about scaffolding. And um, I didn't even realize, well, at the time I was building up my kind of small kingdom. And for me, it was ministry and you know, when our marriage collapsed years ago, um, back 2003, uh, you know, my wife had been in about a two year affair. 
uh, I had been honestly in an affair with work. You know, that my job being ministry was what was giving me life. And that's idolatry. And so I like to say you know, in the book, I say we were a marriage um, of two affairs. You know, mine was with work, Melody's with, with another man. Mm-hmm. And when all that collapsed in December of 03, and John remembers it well, uh, we walked together through some of that. My life collapsed. Here I was, late 20s, Will. We'd been married for seven or eight years. And when all that hit, it was like everything I had been building didn't work. Um, You know, looking to ministry, to my job, to fulfill me, to validate me as a man, looking to Melody. You know, we as men look to the woman to validate us. That didn't work. And I will never forget the morning. Melody and I separated for about a month. I was living over in Trust, one of friend's basement. And there's one morning I woke up, uh, looked in the mirror, getting ready in the bathroom. And I, I don't know if you guys have had a moment like this where you kind of stare into the mirror and you stare through yourself. And I'll never forget that moment of basically saying to myself, I don't know who you are. I was late 20s. I'd been to seminary, I'd read books, I'd read the scriptures, I'd prayed, been a believer for 20 years. And I said, I don't know who you are. And as a man, I just lost myself in religion and in life. And God began something there that ultimately led to the writing of this book. And it was just God father me and take me through a process of finding my heart. But it came through some real brokenness. One thing it's important to know, too, you and I were both in ministry. We both experienced a similar thing where all of our life was focused on a successful ministry. Mm -hmm. We became more in love with the church than we were with Jesus at that point. Mm -hmm. And that's a sad testimony on Mm -hmm. my part. But I think for the other guys who are listening today who they're not in ministry, but they do the same thing with their jobs. So, Randy, speak to us how uh, employment can kind of become a God, if you will, to some of these guys. It can. And John, you bring up such a good part there because it's the whole journey as a man. We're all longing for validation. I think when we're younger, we look to our dads for that. You know, it's that whole, you know, am I a man? Am I strong? You know, do I have what it takes kind of question. And as men, we look to our dads for that. Our dads are imperfect. And so in our adult years, the two places I find that we look to as men for for validation and identity is work and the woman. Um, And in that work piece, for us, it was ministry. It really doesn't matter what our job is. It's kind of that we place our heart there and say, give me validation, give me life. And I was doing it in my job. We as guys do it. I think we look to the woman, you know, whether it's our, our girlfriend or if we're married, And it's wanting them to give us what only Jesus can give us, you know, life and validation. And so for me, when when everything hit and, you know, suddenly I realized marriage wasn't, you know, giving me life. Work wasn't giving me life. I think God used that very desperate, broken season to say, now, Randy, let me give you what what only I can give you. And, and I'm still there. I'm still being restored, uh, restored and yet being restored. I love that imagery. And um, John remembers that season well. And um, thank God for his grace. Melody and I just celebrated 
23 years of marriage, we are a living, walking miracle Mm -hmm. and um, a restored marriage being restored. Mm -hmm. And that's who we are. So we're taking a bit of a break from the uh, Iron Stream podcast just to remind you that Randy's book, The Restored Man, is now available wherever books are sold or you can find it at uh, newhopepublishers.com, uh, newhopepublishers.com. Uh, Randy's really worked hard the last few years honing this book into uh, uh, the type of book that can be used for men's groups or individuals or Maybe it's a father and son that want to go through the book together, but I encourage you, challenge you, pick up a copy of the book, wherever books are sold, The Restored Man by Randy Hemphill. Talk about that whole like restoration thing. If there's car imagery and like the whole allegory that leads off every chapter. Um, where have you always been a car guy? Where did that come from? <laughs> Why was that the metaphor that, that you went with for the book? It's funny because I'm, you know, I'm not some car enthusiast. You know, uh, some people see the book cover. I think that's a 65 Mustang, which I'm still trying to convince John to buy me one, but that's a side issue. Uh, but I, I'm not a car enthusiast, but I just, I think like most guys, you know, if you're driving down the road and, uh, you know, most most of our cities kind of got a big highway, scores of vehicles out there. But if you will pull up to a stoplight and, you know, you got a minivan and stuff by you. But if there's an old like 57 Chevy or maybe you're into those 70s Broncos, I can mm-hmm. see you in that wheel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And one that I mean has been restored, like paint job. I mean, all the original parts. It turns heads, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And I am convinced, and hey, I get a little fired up about this. I am convinced that the world doesn't need another dude off the religious assembly line. The world needs to see a man who's been broken down and restored back to the original parts. And when I began to dig into that imagery, it was like, wow, that's a great kind of visual that guys can connect with to really see what restoration looks like. Get in the garage of grace. Get your hands dirty. Dig into your story. I mean, really pour into this thing and let God restore you, father you. And I think the world's longing to see that. Not just another, quote, religious dude, but I mean the world wants to see a man who's been restored. And I believe it'll turn heads. It will turn heads. I think that's great. So, but I I do. I just, I love old cars. Mm -hmm. I think they're cool. Yeah, and like you had the whole book launch last week at Barber. What was that like? Yeah, we John was there. I mean, man, it was, you know, for Birmingham folks, most of us never been to Barber Museum, but we had an incredible night, uh, a place filled with restored vehicles, and we talked about God restoring a man's heart. And to me, it was a fitting place to do it. And we shared some stories of restoration, men and couples who've been through some difficult stuff. Uh, I've, I've shared probably with 20 different guys since last weekend, what an incredible night that was. And for those folks who aren't in Birmingham that don't know, Barber Motorsports Park is a mm-hmm. motorcycle museum, but he does have some cars and other things that he's restoring there. And it's just a, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. If you're a guy it is. <laughs> who likes cars it's and motorcycles. Cool. Uh, 
But the, the most beautiful thing that happened to me, Randy, on uh, Saturday night was to hear those guys and their testimonies of restoration and the couple that we uh, got to hear from who had gone through just recently uh, uh, restoration of their marriage and uh, speak to that just a little bit about, you know, how that went. Uh, It was. And, you know, in the book, the, you talk about, well, opening the chapters, the story of Daisy and I hope guys listening, if you hope you're enjoying that story and, that whole story and writing that came out of about a year ago, I went to Barber and took a restoration tour. Uh, it's one they only do particular times of the week, but you get to go down to the bottom level and meet with the mechanics and see how they restore these vehicles. And it, I mean, it's a really cool process because they said, you know, Randy, we will go around the world to find one part. And he said, it may take two years to restore this one vehicle, but we'll do it because in the end it's worth it. And so that image and being there, I definitely, I thought, man, I want to do the, the launch event here. Mm-hmm. But it also stirred thoughts that ultimately led to the writing of that story of yeah. uh, the guy that, re, you know, restores that old Daisy race car mm-hmm. with his grandfather. Mm-hmm. And so it was a fitting place for us to talk about restoration. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people left that night just, I think, with full hearts that basically said, you know, God's grace to restore broken people. Because, mm-hmm. hey, you guys are with me. We're all broken. I mean, you know, my phrase is we're all jacked up. We all got stuff. And I just love it that God gives grace and power and freedom to um, broken people because I'm first in line. Yeah. And just kind of one of the thoughts that I had reading the book is I think it's a perfect metaphor. Like, I think that's great. Um, One of the things that went through my head, though, was like that I think most people would see fixing up an old car your granddad or your dad or whomever or just by yourself that's a pretty that's a manly activity like that, yeah. that's, that is a dude thing yeah okay you right. talk about that uh anything with the outdoors that's something that you get into a lot as well uh why why are those things like to you mm-hmm. why are those like guy stuff yeah if that makes any sense well it taps into that adventure mm-hmm. you know when god created man when you, when you read genesis 1 and 2 chapter 2 particularly you see a wildness in a man i mean we're just you know, woman was created out of Adam's side, but man was created out of dirt. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a fitting image for us. We're created uh, out of dust. And so, you know, we were created in the wild to have adventure. It's it's just, I've got three sons. Uh, they're 16, 13, and nine. And I see it in them. You know, whether it's playing basketball, whether it's, I got one in the fortnight. Hey, he's a big time gamer. Um Whatever it is, it's that adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and every man has, you know, about a year or so ago, I was able to climb Kilimanjaro, uh, which was one of my bucket list things. You know, most of us guys have a bucket list. And I love hiking. I'm not all that great at it, but I like to hike outdoors. And being able to will, and man, you, we could do a whole podcast on, on the climb to Kilimanjaro. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. But being able to get to 19,400 feet and that final night, John just about killed me. But um, I mean, just that sense of adventure. It wasn't just getting to the summit. It was doing it with some other guys. Uh, You know, that final night we left out at midnight and arrived at the summit at 7 a.m. Seven hours. It just about killed me. I mean, John, you could barely breathe. Uh, It was cold. It was windy. 
And there were points I locked arms around the guys and said, I can't do this. And they encouraged me. But it was that adventure of let's do it. And so whether it's restoring a car, climbing a mountain, um, I mean, we as guys just love adventure. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you get on this ride with Jesus of getting restored, it's not about just becoming religious. It's Mm -hmm. about an adventure with God. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think the follow-up question I would have would be, like, how do men, especially Christian men, find their version of Kilimanjaro, I guess is the question. <laughs> because not everybody can just pack up and go to Africa. Like yeah, that's, you know, that's, right. But it can be, like you said, any number of things. So how can they hone in on something that can bring them restoration and return them back to that wildness that you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, it, it's... It, it is the masculine heart. God God has wired us in such a way that we don't need to apologize for being men. And we're in a culture where masculinity is kind of being attacked. Um, you know, recently I was talking to someone and a lady, she talked about, you know, hasn't masculinity become toxic? And, you know, I guess in some ways we need to own that we, we've created some of this culture as men and even as Christian men. But I want to talk about how how good a man's heart can be and, and how when he gets into a process of digging into story and walking through these phases of restoration, we can see how good a man's heart can be. He can be a part of an adventure, a greater mission for his life. And once again, I think that's what the world is longing to see. What does it mean to be an authentic kind of man who's, um, who doesn't need to prop himself up you know, in any way, but we also don't, don't need to be doormats. We can be confident in who we are in Christ in being a restored man. And so it's very possible and just would encourage guys to, um, you know, jump in the garage of grace with me and let's see if we can figure this out. And we'd love yeah. to do that. So just very briefly for the guys that may be in that place that you talked about that you were with, with your wife, like and you guys do a lot of, in your ministry, you guys do a lot of work with marriages. So talk to me a little bit about like how you got to that point in that process and um, some of the growth development that you've been mm-hmm. able to see over mm-hmm. the course of developing that group. Well, I mean, marriage, I mean, as John and I both know, it's, it's a long haul. It's, you know, you think about God, <laughs> John, God kind of had a, had a sense of humor when he said, I'm going to put two people together and let's make this a lifetime. I mean, it's hard. And, you know, marriage is just something that it will reveal your brokenness. It will reveal your stuff. And so from Melody and I, you know, married 23 years, but kind of a marriage of eight years and now 15. Uh, It's been a journey of learning to love each other on a much deeper level, extend grace, uh, accept each other for who we are. Uh, and I, that whole imagery of a man and a woman both walking through a restoration process ultimately leads uh, to a marriage that uh, can be restored and is being restored. And I mean, I'm crazy about my wife. I love her. I'm, um, I just, uh, I'm crazy about her. And, and I think now at this phase of realizing that love can look much deeper than just kind of a surfacey kind of love. And it's come through both of us doing the hard work on our hearts and now being able to experience a much more deeper, mature, honest kind of love. 
And, you know, we're not the marriage experts. We're the last to even say that. But we're a couple who's experienced some grace and some healing. And we want to share that with some other people. So um, it's been a wild ride for us. Yeah, the thought that when you get married, I'm going to change her or she's going to change me. <laughs> that's what that's what society says to us, right? Right. But ultimately, it's when, when you know, the Lord knew what he was doing, when he mm-hmm. put us together in such a way that we had to, we couldn't figure this out on our own. We really needed God's guidance. Right. And it's that restorative process together that makes us knit and fit best mm-hmm. as a couple. Mm-hmm. It is. And wouldn't you say, John, I mean, to me, being a husband and a father are two things that I feel completely inadequate to do. I mean, you know, God continues to give strength, but it, I mean, without him, I couldn't do it. I mean, but by his grace and continuing to dig into my own heart, I'm trying to be the best dad I can be, best husband. Uh, but, you know, if I was a perfect dad, my kids might might not have a need for God. You know it? Uh, I've already kind of prepaid for counseling for my kids, John. I don't know about, of course, your kids are older now. But, um, I mean, hey, God is working through that. And um, I want them to see my brokenness. I want them to see what restoration looks like, because as they get older, they're going to need that. Um, Not just a set of principles or points. They're going to need to see brokenness and restoration. That's that's, that's well said. Yeah, I agree. So very quickly, you've got 30 seconds. Can tell everybody exactly what restored, restored Man is. Just for people that want to read it, people that haven't read it yet, just kind of give us a, little, a very brief, Randy Hempel sums up Restored Man. Sure. Well, an honor to be with you guys. And I would just say, you know, if you're out there listening, if there's some ladies listening, I would encourage you to to gift this book to a man in your life. Could be your boyfriend, your dad, your husband, son, uh, but particularly to the guys out there. Hey, if you know, if you're like me, maybe you've tried religion and it doesn't really work. Maybe it's even suffocated your heart or maybe you're at a point in life where things just aren't working like they were for me. Then pick up a copy. This is not a book that's going to kind of hit you over the head and tell you to get in line. This is a book that's going to invite you into a journey uh, of getting your heart back and give it a chance. Give it a try. Um, you know, go to the restoredman.com. We've got some teaching videos there that I put together. We record them in a, a garage. There's a really cool Corvette in one of the videos, but uh, I, I hope and pray this is just a resource for guys out there. And if I can help in any way, hey, shoot me an email or something. Be glad to talk with you. But thanks for listening in and uh, enjoyed hanging out with these two guys today. Absolutely, bro. Thanks so much, Randy. So now that we have gotten everything that we could possibly ever want to know about the restored man, what were your main takeaways from well, what Randy had to say? I don't know that we, we found, I don't yeah. think we found out everything we need to know yeah. about being a restored man. Oh yeah. I, I do know that uh, Randy has quite uh, the insight there and uh, has obviously been through it. So uh, mm-hmm. he's got that personal wisdom to back it up. Uh, that experiential wisdom. Mm. There were a couple of things that came to mind as he was going through, you know, the thought that our relationship with our father, our earthly father really sets the tone and for our experience with our heavenly father, Mm -hmm. in many ways, guys never get beyond 
their that understanding of their relationship with their earthly father, how that relates to the heavenly father. And sometimes that kind of messes them up. As Randy said, it jacks them up. You know, they're, they're all jacked up. Uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And so I encourage the guys to, to go there, but also, you know, man's, you know, our second most important relationship is that relationship as son. Mm-hmm. You know, what does it mean to be the son? Uh, whether it's with our earthly father or with our heavenly father, what is, what's that relationship like? Yeah. So those are a couple of things I found. How about you? What- well, I, I love the whole, because I think one of the, the more difficult metaphors for me to get, because I'm not a car guy. <laughs> so like that was kind of a leap for me to make. So I asked him about that because, you know, I didn't, I got the metaphor once, like I read the book, but the whole idea that the restoration doesn't require new stuff. Like you, you're just restoring the parts that are already there. I think that is a very prescient way of looking at, you know, cause I, I think a lot of guys, especially if you get down into like career, if you get down into the nuts and bolts of a marriage, a lot of guys look for stuff externally. They think, you know, like I'm not enough. And that's a, a core lie. A lot of times that we get from the enemy is like, I don't have, what I need. I'm not equipped with everything that I, I need to be successful or to get us out of where we're at. So I think that was something that I had never thought about until Rennie had put it in those like specific words, the idea that we are enough. It's just restoring the parts that already exist, yeah, bring ourselves yeah. closer. And there's a, it's okay to have that wildness about mm-hmm. us. Now there's an old comedian that's way before your time, but he mm-hmm. talked about about being wild and crazy. Mm-hmm. There's one thing to be wild and crazy, but it's another to, okay, God created us to be adventurous and of the dirt, so to speak, and mm-hmm. out in the world uh, uh, looking for adventure. That's a manly thing to mm-hmm. to to do. But on the other hand, we're we're not we're not to be abusive yeah. and. Uh, uh, so the, kind of, I, I felt a, a little bit of freedom to be a guy today. Yeah, there was a lot of validation. And, there, and that just is, it seeps through the whole book of just like these things that you feel. You now, let's say you have a, a broken relationship with your father. You have a broken relationship with your spouse, whomever. Like if you're experiencing those kinds of emotions, Randy does a really good job of you're just saying that's okay. Like the, the, those are normal things. I think a lot of times men especially feel incapable or they're like they're not allowed to let themselves go there because they're supposed to be you know, strong. They're supposed to be the leaders like we talked about, but it is a very good balance between you know, what we talked about with him, guy stuff, you know, like restoring cars, climbing mountains, things like that. And, you know, really focusing on genuine emotional maturity. I think yeah. it was, you know, finding the balance between those two is very important. He did that quite well. Very good. Well, it's time to start talking about mm-hmm. the next one. So the, the next uh, our next guest for the Iron Stream podcast is Dr. John DeGarmo. He has a, a new book out with us called The Church and Foster Care. Uh, and there really is, it's God's call to a rising epidemic. There's so many children in need of foster care now. And uh, Dr. DeGarmo really is a, an expert in this field. And we're just thrilled to have him as one of our authors. And he'll be with us as a part of uh, the podcast next time. Very excited to see what Dr. DeGarmo has to say about his new book. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the very first episode of the Iron Stream Podcast. We'll be back next time.